How many remember your water baptism? How many remember? Uh, Mike, where were you baptized? I was baptized in a creek in South Carolina. A creek in South Carolina. How old were you? Uh, Thirteen. Thirteen. How many of you came from churches where they didn't have a water baptismal tank and you had to go to a creek? Ms. Rita, where were you baptized? Bradyville Creek. So there was water running that day. Oh, happy day. And how old were you? Nine years old. Who else was baptized in a creek? Who, where were you baptized? In where? East Tennessee. How old were you? Twelve years old. Anybody else baptized in a creek? Where were you baptized? Castilian Springs. I didn't know they had a lake in Castilian Springs. Well, they do. <laughs> well, excuse me. So you and how old were you? Eleven. Eleven. Just about eight years ago. Yes. Right. Yeah, yes. You baptized in a creek? Where were you baptized? In All Good Creek? Outside Cookville. In Jackson County. And how old were you? That don't count in Jackson County. You about eight? About eight. Who else was baptized in a creek? Yeah. Back there. Yeah. And where was that at? Minnesota. Yeah, they have lakes up there. Did you have your fishing pole in one hand when you went down with the other? Is that what you did? Who else baptized in a creek? You baptized in where at? East Tennessee. Same creek? Different creek? How old were you? Thirteen. Anyone else baptized in a creek? Anybody over here? Amanda, you baptized in a creek? Oh, COC, Church of Christ. They always have baptismal things. Huh? Yeah, with heaters in them. That wasn't really, you're not really safe. You got baptized in a heat, heated tank. No. Where was you baptized? Short River. The Jordan River. That don't count. Who do you think you are, Jesus? Where were you baptized? You was baptized in Jordan River for insurance. For insurance. The first time, where were you baptized? In Goodlettsville at Southern Methodist Church. Goodlettsville, in a Methodist church. In a tub, all right? I understand why you got insurance. Yeah, you need insurance after being baptized Methodist. Who else? Anybody else? Yes, sir. You was in the Jordan, yeah, you were. Yeah, you were. Anybody else baptized in the creek? All right. Who was who was baptized in a church where they had baptismal tank in the church? All right. Where were you baptized? First Baptist Daytona Beach. How old were you? Ten years old. Who else baptized in a... Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Mount Zion Missionary Baptist Church. Where at? Uptown Murfreesboro? And how old were you? Nine years old. Cool. Gary, where were you baptized? Calvary, Simile, and Donaldson. Yeah, they didn't have a baptismal tank. A lot of church, a lot of Pentecostal churches didn't have baptismal tanks. Unless we bought an old Presbyterian or Baptist church, we'd have a baptismal tank. We'd go to the creeks. Who else is baptized in church? Yeah? Bible Church, Oregon, Wisconsin. Oregon, Wisconsin. 34 years old. 34. So you were 34. 
Wonderful. That was just two years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. I have two baptisms. The first time was in Bud's Creek in Alabama when I was a teenager. Yeah. But it didn't take. It didn't take? No. Yeah. A lot of things in Alabama don't take. Yeah. Second time was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin when I was 33 years old. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. At a Parkland Assembly, and it took. Yeah, good, good, good. Who else? Yes, ma'am. In Maryland. Wonderful. Who else over here? Yes, ma'am. St. Louis, Missouri baptized, 16. Yes, sir. Hillview Baptist Church. On Las Casas Highway. Yeah, how old were you? Nine years old. Wonderful. Yes, ma'am. Savannah, are you from Savannah, Tennessee? You know something about catfish down there, don't you? Yeah. I heard they had catfish in their baptismal tanks. Is that true? <laughs> Got so many catfish down there, they get in the baptismal tank. Water baptism is a wonderful thing. Water baptism is very important to me and my family. I think about water baptism every day I walk into my office. On my, on my office wall is this picture. This is the picture front page, and you can come up and see it afterwards. It's the front page of my hometown's daily paper. It's the Herald, uh, the Daily Herald, August the 1st, I think it is, 1949. It's the front page of the paper, and it's my grandfather in the same creek that I was baptized in uh, Thirty, about 30 years later. My grandfather, this is 30 years before I was baptized, 1949. He is baptizing a man that he had won to Christ in jail. The man had killed a man in a poker game and had received the death sentence and was heading to the electric chair. And my grandfather went and preached at the jail, and the young man gave his heart to Christ. And uh, the deputies brought him to the creek. And my grandfather baptized him. And there's, you can read the article if you want to, 3,000 people lined the street, the creek bank, to see that baptismal service. Amen. Years later, I was baptized in the same creek. And uh, it was in February. In fact, it was February the 11th, Sunday, February the 11th. There was snow on the banks. And you were really saved if you got baptized in February. How many of you got baptized in the winter in a creek? See, you are not saved. See, you're really saved if you go in and there's snow on the banks and you go in the water, you're really saved. So I keep this in my office uh, and I look at it every day. And, and there's another thing that's very unique about that. We forget in the, in the, in the South how bad racism was in those days. In fact, I talk to people all the time who say, well, that's, that's overblown. And let me tell you, racism was not overblown in the South. In fact, the front page right here, the headlines, one of the headlines says, Preacher tells flock that more Klansmen needed. Another headline says, Another cross is burned near Mount Pleasant. Another headline says, Negro on trial for rape, other charges pending. So racism was a plague of our culture and our society right here in Tennessee. 
back in the back in the 40s, 50s, and the 60s. In fact, uh, my grandfather uh, was chased down by the KKK. See, one thing that history doesn't talk about is that the KKK not only went after people of color, they went after people who, were, who they didn't think were taking care of their family. And before my grandfather got saved, he was the town drunk. And he would come home drunk, and my mom and, and my uncle, they'd often not have proper clothes to wear at school because he spent all of his money drinking. And so my grandmother told me the story how the KKK came to the house on two occasions, sheets and everything, looking for my grandfather. And they, wouldn't, they weren't going to kill him, but they were going to beat him up. And uh, so uh, racism, uh, fear, hatred was real. It was real. And uh, we need to get rid of it in our country today. Uh, it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance not threats or intimidation or fear. So uh, water baptism is very special to my family and very special to me. I think about it every single day. So let's talk about water baptism. It's one of those things that, that uh, the Church of Christ really, if you, how many of you were raised Church of Christ? Okay, if you were raised Church of Christ, you understood water baptism. In fact, you wasn't, you're not considered saved or a Christian unless you're baptized in water in the Church of Christ. The Baptists really emphasize water baptism. The Methodists, they, they uh, emphasize it, but they moved over to sprinkling. Uh, Catholics emphasize baptism to a degree, great degree. But unfortunately, in the Pentecostal churches, uh, and especially in the Charismatic churches, it's not something that's really uh, uh, talked about a whole lot. It's kind of taken on a back seat, uh, kind of like Holy Communion. And that needs to change uh, because water baptism is a very important part of our spiritual walk and our spiritual journey. So let's talk about the significance of water baptism tonight. Turn with me to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, verse number 15. It says this, And he said to them, Go into all the world, Jesus said, and preach the gospel to every creature, he who believes and is, what's that next word? Baptized. He who believes, notice he didn't say who he who believes will be saved. He says he who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. The last couple of weeks we have taught on the lessons on the meaning and purpose of Holy Communion. Tonight let's look at the second special event that takes place in the believer's life within the local church, and that's water baptism. I like to say it this way. Water baptism is a sacred rite of initiation into the body of Christ. Water baptism is a sacred rite of initiation into the body of Christ. While the event does not save us, the Lord Jesus never intended for us to be saved without experiencing it. It doesn't save us, but the Lord never ex intended for any Christian to be born again and not be baptized in water. Baptism is designed to accompany our faith as an outward expression of our love for Jesus Christ. Let's read that again. Baptism is designed to accompany our faith as an outward expression of our love 
for Jesus Christ. Throughout the book of Acts, whenever anyone, anyone in the book of Acts, which is the, which is the story of the church, the book of Acts is the story of the church, the Gospels are the story of Jesus, the books of Acts is the story of the church. Throughout the book of Acts, in the story of the church, when anyone believed in Jesus Christ, they were immediately baptized in water. Throughout the book of Acts, when they believed in Jesus Christ, they were immediately baptized in water. Jesus set the example. Jesus began his ministry by being baptized by John the Baptist. Turn with me to Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3, verse number 21. Luke chapter 3, verse number 21. I'm reading now the NIV here. It says this. It says, uh, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. So Jesus got baptized. And as he was praying, heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. Now, you see pictures and, and people always are are showing the Holy Spirit as a dove. It didn't say the Holy Spirit descended in the dove. It said the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. It said the descent of the Holy Spirit was like a dove descends. The Holy Spirit wasn't a dove. He didn't come in the form of a dove. It says the Holy Spirit descended on him in a bodily form, and the descent was like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. So Jesus gives us a model. He gives us a, an example that if he needed to be baptized, and he said he did, because remember what John the Baptist says, I don't, You don't need to be baptized by me. I need to be baptized by you. And Jesus says, No, I've got to fulfill righteousness. I've got to fulfill what everybody else has to do. So Jesus gave us a model or example to be baptized in water. Jesus was the Son of God. He was already the Son of God. He didn't need to be made the Son of God. So water baptism doesn't make you a Son of God. And it's it's an outward expression of an inward faith. Okay, it's an outward expression of an inward faith. Following the resurrection of Jesus, not only was he baptized, but following his resurrection, he commands people to get baptized. Turn over to Matthew 28. Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28, verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth. Matthew 28, 18. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Jesus explicitly said, notice he didn't say, go preach to them. Notice he didn't say, get them filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Notice he didn't say, get them signed up in membership in the local church and get them on the parking lot team, although that's a good place to serve. Notice he didn't say, he said, preaching, making disciples of all nations. That word nations mean ethnicities. Not just countries. We think in terms of nations, we think of countries. That word nations there is ethnicities. All ethnic races. Baptizing them. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. What's amazing to me is Amanda and I have traveled over the, the world preaching. We've had the wonderful privilege to preach all over the world. All continents except Australia. We've never been there. 
But everywhere we've gone, there are the church has different rituals in every country. Some churches, their worship is different than America. Other countries, the people dress different to go to church than they do America. They have different types of services and things of that nature. Their preaching style is different. Every country has its own type of individuality. But when it comes to one thing that all churches in all countries do, they all celebrate water baptism. They might do their church service totally different. They might do what they sing totally different. Of course, we know they do it in different languages. But they all celebrate one common theme regardless of the country. They all celebrate water baptism. It's the common denominator throughout the whole body of Christ all over the world. Everybody celebrates water baptism the same way. And the reason why is because Jesus modeled it and then he told us after his resurrection to go into all the world, making disciples of all ethnicities, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. So Jesus modeled it, then he told us to do it after his resurrection, and then on the day of Pentecost in Acts, when the church began... They started with water baptism. Turn with me real quickly over to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, the day the church began on the day of Pentecost, the first thing the people were instructed to do was repent and be baptized. Then they would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Notice Acts chapter 2 verse 37. When the people heard this, Peter just preached a message to them. They were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? In other words, what do we need to do to get saved? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Notice when they said, Peter, what? See, these people were speaking in tongues and languages they'd never heard, so it so amazed them. They said, something supernatural is taking place here. And Peter gets up and says, this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. Then the last day saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, your young daughters and your old men. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Even upon my handmaidens and my servants will I pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. da 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 And then he talks about Jesus. And then the people, after he gets finished preaching to them a little bit, the people said, what do we need to do? And he said, here's what you need to do. You need to repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. Look down to verse number 41. Look at verse 41, Acts chapter 2. Those who accepted Peter's message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to that number that day. They had a, they had a big water baptismal service. 3,000 people baptized that day after hearing the gospel. Listen to what they said. Believing and being baptized went hand in hand. Believing and being baptized went hand in hand. We do a great disservice. Great disservice. We do a great disservice by giving people the opportunity to come and accept Jesus and then never talk about water baptism to two or three months later. We do a great disservice. God forgive us for doing that. Because notice what happened. They got preached to, they believed, and they got baptized. That was the model. 
Baptism was a part of the salvation experience. It wasn't the salvation experience, but it is a part of the salvation experience. The word baptized is from the Greek word, which means to submerge into or underwater. To submerge into or underwater. You say, why is that? Because baptism is a symbol of Christ's death, his burial, and his resurrection. The water represents the grave. Christ was crucified. He was buried. And then coming up out of the water is representative of coming up, walking, being resurrected with Christ, and walking in new life. Okay? So water baptism is a symbol of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. We are buried. When we are baptized in water, we are buried with him in baptism. We, are, we join him in his death and in his burial. Look what it says. Turn over to Romans chapter 6, verse number 3. Romans chapter 6, verse number 3. Romans chapter 6, verse number 3. Notice what it says. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his what? Everybody say death. We're baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So water baptism simply says this, I believe in Jesus, I accept Jesus, I turn my life over to Him, I'm going to follow His example, and I'm going to die to my old life, and I'm going to be raised up to walk in a new life in Christ Jesus. See, it's, it's unheard of to say you believe in Jesus and keep living the way you've always lived. can't do it. Something's wrong. If you say, I believe in Jesus and keep on living the way you've always lived before you accepted Jesus, something's wrong with your experience. Because we are buried. The old man dies. And a new man is raised up to walk in newness of life. Now that doesn't mean that we we don't have struggles. It doesn't mean we never sin again. It just means that a the, the person we were, we have made a choice to let that person die, and we're going to let a new person live through us in the days to come. Okay? So baptism, water baptism. We are buried into his death. Baptism declares we have died to sin, and the old man is buried. The new man is raised to walk in salvation. We've died to sin. And the old man is buried. The new man is raised to walk in salvation. Let me give you some just simple truths about water baptism. Number one, baptism always follows believing. Believe first, then baptize. Look at Mark chapter 16 again. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who... What's that next work? Believes and is what? Will be saved. Notice baptism follows believing. 
to just get baptized because it's a ritual thing and not believe in Jesus, that he died and rose again for your sins is, uh, is, is, is not right. It's not the salvation experience. You're just going through an act of the flesh. It's believe first, then baptize. Look at Acts chapter 8. Let me give you some more scriptures. Acts chapter 8, verse 12. Acts chapter 8. Turn over to Acts chapter 8, verse 12. But when they... I love this story, Acts chapter 8. Philip goes down to Samaria and preaches Christ unto them. And people are getting healed and devils are coming out and the whole city gets saved. Revival takes place in the city. And verse 12 says, But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Notice when they believed first. Both men and women were baptized. Notice baptism follows the believing. Baptism follows the believing. Then Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which he were done. Notice the people believed and then they were baptized. Simon believed and then he was baptized. Baptism always follows believing. Listen, if you've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and you've never been baptized in water, your salvation experience has not yet been completed. It's not been completed. You say, am I not going to heaven? Oh, you're going to heaven, but your experience that the Lord wants you to walk in and enjoy down here still has some work you need to do. You're missing a blessing. Acts chapter 18, verse 8. Turn over to Acts chapter 18, verse 8. Acts 18, verse 8. Then Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all of his household, and many of the Corinthians hearing believed. Notice they believed first, and then they were baptized. They believed first, and they were baptized. Baptism always follows believing. It's an outward manifestation of an inward Work. We're being baptized into his death and raised to walk in newness of life. Number two, baptism is the first step in becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. People say, I want to be, I'm, I'm, I'm a disciple of Christ. Well, if you've never been disciple, if you've never been baptized, you skip the first step. Baptism is the first step. Look at Matthew 28 again. Look at Matthew chapter 28. Turn over to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Make disciples. Make disciples. What's the first thing? Baptizing them. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Notice he didn't say the sign of the first sign of a disciple is to lay hands on the sick. He didn't say the first sign of of a disciple is to use their gift. He didn't say the first sign of a disciple was to preach or to teach. He said the first sign of a disciple is to get baptized. That's the first sign of a disciple is to be baptized. I've had people say to me, honestly, they say it, and, and they're serious about it. They say this, you know, I haven't been baptized. I've been, I've been saved for years, but I haven't been baptized. Well, why haven't you been baptized? Well, I was just embarrassed to get my women. I've had women say, been embarrassed to get my hair wet in front of people. Been embarrassed to get my hair wet. Listen, if you're embarrassed to get your hair wet in front of people, how are you going to stand for Christ when some real tough times come? 
Timothy. The first sign of discipleship is to be baptized. Number three, baptism, what's the benefit? It claims the forgiveness of sins. It claims it. It claims it. It doesn't doesn't forgive us. The water doesn't forgive us. But the water baptism, the act of it, claims. You have claim on the forgiveness of sin. Acts 2.38, Peter replied... Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We Pentecostals have been real big on the gift of the Holy Spirit. We, get, we believe in getting them saved and get them filled with the Holy Ghost. And we skip the water baptism apart. Notice he says... Repent of your sins, turn to God, one. Be baptized, number two, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin. Three, then you will be receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The water doesn't forgive our sins. It's what the water represents, the dying to sin, which appropriates faith for salvation. Number four, baptism connects us to the cross. It connects us to the cross. Go back to Romans chapter 6. Turn over to Romans chapter 6, verse number 1. I love this verse. Romans chapter 6, verse number 1. Notice what it says. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of His wonderful grace? Verse 2. Of course not. Of course not. We hear a lot about grace today, and we thank God for grace but a lot of people feel like grace is a license to sin. And Paul answered this question. This was a teaching that surfaced several thousand years ago. Paul answered that. They said, can we keep on sinning so we can take advantage of the grace of God? And Paul said, of course not. Don't do that. Don't be stupid. Don't be ignorant. Of course not. Why? Since we have died to sin. We died to sin. How can we continue to live in it? In other words, don't if we if we were baptized in water, we said through our action, we have died to the old life. So that doesn't give us the liberty then to all of a sudden get out here and walk like heathens and act like heathens and to be like sinners. Okay? Baptism connects us to the cross. Verse 2, of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined Him in His death? He died to... His baptism meant when when He died on the cross, He nailed sin to the cross. Likewise, when we are baptized, we join Him in that death. Baptism is declaring that my sinful life is dead. Baptism just declares that my sinful life is dead. If you think you can just keep going on sinning and have no intention of trying to overcome the flesh or overcome temptation, and you just think, well, I'm baptized, so I can do whatever I want to do, you've missed the whole point of water baptism. Baptism is declaring my sinful life is dead. Number five. Baptism initiates us into the body of Christ. It initiates us into the body of Christ. When we bring this tank out here and we baptize these people, what they're saying when they go down, I recognize that Jesus buried my sins 
on the cross. This water represents the grave. I'm going down, died with him. And I'm not only uh, claiming my forgiveness of sins, but I'm also being uh, baptized into the body of Christ. This is my initiation. This is my rite of passage into God's body. Water baptism. Remember, it's the one thing that we've seen all over the world that is the same everywhere. Water baptism. And it's because it's the initiation. It's the rite of passage into the body of Christ. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Look over at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Regardless if you're Nazarene, if you're Pentecostal, it doesn't make any difference what you are. If you've been baptized into Christ, you've been baptized into His body. Regardless of what church you go to, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you've been baptized in water, you're in the body of Christ. In the body of Christ. Finally, number six. Through baptism, we claim our sonship. We claim our sonship. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. Now, I, I, I finish with this one because it's important that you understand this truth right here. You need this truth in prayer. You need this truth in prayer. I use this all the time against the devil. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. For you are children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united, look at verse 27 again, all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are heirs. God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Water baptism Claims our sonship. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 12. God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. The Bible tells us in um, Genesis chapter 13 um, uh, about the, uh, the curse. The curse of the law. The curse of the law. The curse of the law has been eliminated. Jesus became the curse for us so that we could have the blessings of Abraham. The blessings of Abraham were spiritual life, 
financial prosperity, Abraham was a blessed man. And health. Spiritual life, financial prosperity, and health. That was the blessings of Abraham. The curse of the law, you look at Deuteronomy chapter 28, the curse of the law, one of the curses of the law is all the sins and all the sicknesses brought on by sin. And the Bible says you and I, by being children of God, have been delivered from the curse of the law so that the blessings of Abraham might come on us. And I can't tell you, it's weekly, when Satan tries to attack me or my family with something that's under the curse. I have to remind him that I've been blessed with faithful Abraham. I've been baptized in water. I've been baptized into Christ. I am a son. I am a child. I am a son of God and the heir of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the blessings of Abraham belong to me. So get out of my stuff and get out of my life. See? And water baptism continually. I remind myself and I remind... Because some days I don't feel like a Christian. Anybody ever have days like that? Some days I don't feel blessed. Some days I don't feel like the blessings of Abraham belong to me. Some days I don't... Some days I... Not as many as Pastor Wayne. But some days I don't act blessed. All right? I don't act like a Christian. Some days I don't. Very few. But some days I don't act... But I got to remind myself... I am blessed with Abraham. I've been baptized into Christ. The blessings of Abraham are upon me. And I use, I go back. I go back to when I was uh, 12 years old in that creek on that February day. On sometimes in prayer, I say, Father, on that February day, I got baptized into your body. I'm blessed. I'm a blessed man. I've been blessed since that day. Satan, I want to remind you, I'm in Christ. I'm a child of God. I'm an heir of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now get your hands off me and my stuff in Jesus' name. Okay? So water baptism is more than just something we do because it's a ritual. It identifies with His death. It identifies with the cross. It claims our forgiveness. It reminds us of our sonship status. It is the first step toward being a disciple in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's an outward expression of an inward work of Christ Jesus in our life. If you haven't been baptized in water, let me encourage you to follow the Lord in water baptism. It'll bless your life. It'll bless your life. And we've got some people that's been to Israel and got baptized in Jordan. That's a wonderful experience. But it doesn't make you any more of a son of God than being baptized in Bigby Creek or Stones River. Where was you baptized, Bubba? Family Worship Center. You're blessed. Glory to God. (laughs) Blessed. Wayne, where was you baptized? Was you baptized in Family Worship Center? You were too, Lana? You baptized in Family Worship Center? Yeah, when you came back to the Lord. Amanda, where were you baptized? West 7th Street Church of Christ? No. First Assembly in Columbia, Tennessee. You couldn't be baptized in her church unless you were 12, and they quit church when she was 11. So she went through those teenage years thinking she, if she died, she'd go to hell. She was 15 when we met, and I told her, if you're going to get this guy, you're going to have to get saved. Full of the Holy Ghost. Baptized in water, and you did, didn't you? Hallelujah. And she's blessed with faithful Sarah, Abraham's wife. And Sarah called Abraham Lord likewise. Hallelujah. 
<laughs> Stand up with me, would you? <laughs>